Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day. So for today, we have an incredible guest. This guy is a global networker. He built a multimillionaire sales team that spans several continents. He is also a consummate entrepreneur, and he is the former host of CEO Manship Radio and TV, and he also does real estate in Southeast Florida. So let's welcome my good friend, Steve Gorn. How are you doing today, Steve? Hey, Victor. Good morning or good afternoon, and uh, I'm doing great. Never been better. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Uh, awesome. It's really great to have you here. So I'd like to get started by just... Uh, Ask you how you, how did you get started on this journey? You've been doing you've been doing this business almost about thirty years right now. So tell me, well, how did you get started? Share some of your journey with us, please. You know, um, that could probably take up this. Just answering that one question could probably take up the entire show. Um, so I got to take you back thirty years. I don't want to give away my age. I'm I'm fifty eight, and um, I had graduated with a degree in computer science, electrical engineering. I was working in the medical software industry and I loved what I did, but I remember like not being completely fulfilled. And I was buying these entrepreneurial magazines, success magazine, entrepreneur, you know, those kinds of things. And in the days, you know, got to remember 30 years ago, um, basically nobody had a computer at home. Uh, there certainly weren't, you know, laptops. Uh, we didn't have, I mean, it's, it's going to sound funny to anybody who's like 30 something or younger, but there was no Facebook or Instagram or, or, or Zoom or any of these things, right? So you actually went to the store and you bought a magazine and you read like a newspaper and actually held it in your hands, right? So, gosh, I sound like my father right now when I was young. But um, so, so, I remember buying these magazines and feeling like there was something out there. And I responded to a classified ad and it was something really cheesy. It was like, um, drive a Mercedes and wear tailor-made clothes, uh, something like that, you know, make $10,000 a month. And I thought, all right. And I called and, and I left a message on a voicemail and, I remember this woman called me back from, um, from Ohio. I mean, I, I can remember like it was yesterday. And um, she started explaining this whole concept um, of, of, you know, direct selling and network marketing and that kind of thing. And uh, I had never heard of any of this. I'd never heard of any of these kinds of companies, um, you know, the names that we all know now. And she said, well, I'm going to send you a, a, a videotape. They got to remember, again, you know, I'm older than you are, but, 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 um, she sent like a VHS tape. So I get this, this priority mail envelope a couple of days later, there's a tape. I load it in my VHS player and I watch and it still didn't quite register with me. And then she said, well, you know, one of our partners is coming into town, um, and they're going to be at the crown Plaza hotel. And back then I was living in New York and she said that they, they've got a conference room and um, they're going to be interviewing people throughout the day. And so um, I want to set you up for an interview. And I went and there was two or three other people and they showed another video and I still didn't quite get it, but I knew there was something there. And I remember just saying, okay, I'm going to sign up and, and be part of this, this company. And um, unfortunately for me, um, I ended up losing a lot of money. And um, I learned a lot of lessons and I stuck with that company for five years. And even though I had built a very large sales organization, um, nobody was really making any money. And uh, I remember it was bothering me and I'd call the person who was my mentor and he'd say, well, you know, you're doing everything right. Just stick with it. Just stick with it. Just stick with it. And I kept throwing more money, bad, good money after bad. And after losing really a lot of money, an embarrassingly amount, large amount of money, um, I remember thinking, "It's time. It's time. I gotta. I gotta part." But it's like it's like breaking up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend, right? It's, it's like you you um, 
sometimes you know you're supposed to do it, but it's not it's not easy. Emotionally, you think, well, maybe I, maybe one more chance, maybe it'll work. And and finally, I just pulled the bandaid off and I said, I'm done. And I swore off any kind of work from home type business. But the problem is when you're an entrepreneur, you, you can't swear off because you have it in you. It's in your genetics, right? And, and for me, it's in my genetics. I, I, I am unemployable. I have been for 30 years. I, I can't, I, I, I admittedly don't take direction well. Believe me, my wife would tell you that in 30 seconds, right? I, I, um, I have to sort of be on my own. And, and so I was very, very blessed to be open-minded and um, uh, an associate, somebody who had my business card, who knew somebody I knew, called me up and he said, you know, I want to talk to you about um, a business working from home. And I said, no, 18 months, once a month, this guy called my house. Steve, how's it going? No, no. He never got the words best. How's it going? On the 17th month, he called me and I said to him, his name was Alan. Um, and I said, Alan, if, if you ever call me again, I'm going to call the police and have you arrested for um, harassment for, for just, just leave me alone. Next month, my phone rings. He goes, don't call the police. I know you don't want to hear from me. Just walk over to your fax machine. Now, again, you got to remember like 30 years ago, fax machines were, were not like today, right? They had one roll of paper. It was thermal paper and, and they didn't split the pages. So if somebody sent you a 10 page fax, it was like 10 feet long of one piece of paper. And, and if you didn't read what was on the paper within a couple of hours, the paper started to fade. It was a real mess. Anyway, so, so he, he calls me up and he said, just walk over to your fax. And um, I looked at what was on there. So, so, so my machine is going like, and then the paper's curling under my desk and I tear it off and there's a check dated the day before, made out to this guy. And it was for um, a little over $18,000. And I wasn't making that in my sales, you know, and, and consulting job in the medical field. And I thought, okay, no offense if Alan's watching, but my, my feeling was at that time, look, if he could do it, I could definitely do it, right? Because that's just how I was thinking, young and naive maybe. But um, I thank God every day that, that Alan... Um, had the persistence and the wisdom to continue to call me even when I told him not to, because that 18th phone call not only changed my life, but changed uh, the lives of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of other people who I get to work with around the globe, uh, both directly and indirectly. Um, and uh, that's been a great ride ever since. And, and um, I just, I just am very blessed and very thankful that, that, that that all happened. And so, so I had to go through the bad process and, and, and then eventually know what I wanted and what I didn't like about the first business and everything the second opportunity that landed in my lap had um, was, was, did, was the antithesis, was the complete opposite of the other thing. So all the things that caused me to lose money and for other people to get hurt and all of that um, weren't in this second situation. And so um, while it was really bad to lose money, and, and I remember calling my friends who I'd worked with in that first company, and I would say things like, Victor, I, I need to have a heart to heart with you. And I'd say, Victor, you know, everything, because this is how I truly felt. Everything I told you when we worked together in that first company, I believed. I was led to believe that, and I believed it. But I've come to recognize that much of it isn't true. And um, I've, I've parted ways with that company and um, I have found something that I think gets rid of everything that I didn't like and maybe you didn't like and keeps, brings us all the things that I think are, are, are positives. And if you're open, I'd love to share it with you. If you're just feeling like no more, 
that's cool. If you need to take a breather and you want to come back and talk to me, that's cool. And I was very direct and honest, but very laid back with people. Um, and really three people came with me. Two of them still shop uh, and buy you know, from this new company. And one has been very, very fortunate and gone on to make millions of dollars. Um, and it's just been, a, it's been fun. Uh, but, you know, those are my experiences. And um, obviously not everybody's experience. And I want to throw out the disclaimer that not everybody has that kind of result. And by no means do I want to say that, you know, everybody makes money, whatever they're doing. I mean, there's people, it, it could be real estate. It could be pharmaceuticals. You know, you have people in the same office with all the same tools and all the same support and all the same supplies. And one person makes a hundred thousand or a million a year. And, and one person makes, you know, 15 or $20,000 a year and, and leaves that industry. And, and I think that that's just the same for, for any business, but um, anyway, I, I think I waxed philosophic. I went a little long on your question, but I hope that answered your, your question. No, that thank you very much. So I'm glad I love to hear people's experiences because I want people to realize that uh, everyone has different experiences. Some people have to go through failure. Even you did when you got started your first venture, it sounded really good to you. You put in a lot of money, you lost a lot of money and it was tough. And you, I like the analogy of sometimes you would a boyfriend and a girlfriend, you realize you probably should end and it's painful. It's hard to say goodbye, but there comes a certain point you realize it's not going to get better. And you know, think of giving it one more chance, you realize at the time you just have to say time to move on. And eventually you did do that after losing money with it. And you were hesitant to do another work from opportunity, obviously, because you have a bad experience. You're like saying, I never want to do this again. But there was also a side to you that says, hey, you know what? I can't work for a regular boss. I'm not that type. I don't take orders well. So I am probably that in your mind, you were probably thinking I'm really suited to work from home but it probably was a bit of a battle for you. I think you want to say something. You know, I was going to say, I, it's less about taking orders than it is about being micromanaged. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that would be a better way of saying it. I, I, Lori, my wife, always says, you know, if we're the smartest people in the room, we're in the wrong room, right? I don't ever want to think that I'm the smartest person in the room. I, I'm, I'm very happy to learn from people who are way more successful than I am. And, and that comes in anything. Right, whether it's learning how to cook or learning how to do something in business or sell real estate, which I think we're going to talk about later, and 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 so, um, but but I run my life like I'm the kind of person that says if you if you and I are partners and you say Steve, um, I, I, we need you to do X Y Z by Friday at five. Like I need this report on my desk by Friday at five. I'm the kind of person that I'll get it done by Thursday at five. But if you're calling me every five minutes going, how's it going? Can I see what you've done so far? I'm going to be like, Vic, it, Victor, it's not working, right? Like, it's just, you asked for Friday. And I like to manage my partners that way. I think it's respectful. And I always tell people, look, if I'm working with you and I say, you, I say Victor, so we have this project that's due by Friday, five. Um, I'm going to lay off. I'm not, I just expect that you, you know what you're doing. That's why we're working together. If you feel like you're running up against a brick wall, then just call me, text me, and we'll get on a phone call. And, and otherwise, I'm going to respect that you're an adult and you're a professional. And, and I, you know, that's why we're, we're where we are together as, as a partnership, a friendship, a relationship, et cetera. So I like to treat people the way I like to be treated. And it has worked for me some. And I'm the same way. I, I, I used to be in the corporate world for many years, and I'll tell you the bosses I loved the most were the ones that did not micromanage me. The ones that micromanage me, it was really annoying to call me every 10 minutes. I, I would just say, you need this done by a couple, in a couple of days and leave me alone. And I, and I find most workers, they're much happier, they're much more productive when they're not micromanaged. When you're all over them, uh, it, it flusters them. They tend to be less productive. They don't get as much done, and they're obviously not as happy. So I, I agree with you. I, I think micromanage is not a good way to run a business, not a good way to manage people. And you'll have better relationships with your partners, with your employees. If you don't micromanage and you give them some breathing room, some space to work and the relationships will flourish. And I think the long run, your business will flourish a lot more. You know, I think it's interesting because I, I this is a little bit off topic, but I know we can circle back because I'm sure you got some questions, but I have a feeling in my gut that there's a lot of companies and a lot of managers that 
because of COVID, will end up having more productive growth and more productive relationships with the their employees because all of these people that were those micromanagers, right? And now had everybody working from home that would never have let people out of their site, right? And now they're, they're at home and, and yet production probably is up. I used to tell people I could do more by 12 or one in the you know, noon or one in the afternoon when I'm home than most people would do in their job to five. It's not because I'm better, it's because I, I'm just more focused. I didn't have all the distractions. I didn't have people popping by my desk and, you know, hey, do you want to go out for lunch? And all of these things that I had when I was in corporate America. Um, you know, I spent many years in, in, in the healthcare and consulting and, and software field and traveling around the country. But, uh, and I love that, but, but I realized that there's a lot more to life. And, you know, I love the idea that if I feel like I need to clear my head that I can step you know, 30 feet forward from where I'm sitting right now, 50 feet, whatever it is. And I can jump in my pool and take a quick spin, uh, swim and clear my head and then come right back to my desk and feel like, okay, I'm a human being again. So, um, but I appreciate that, 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 those questions. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and I, and, you know, you talked about the crow when I was at, uh, one of the things I used to, I, I like getting in an hour early before everyone else, because I knew during that hour, I would not be bombarded with emails or phone calls. Like you said, I was more focused. That was before the days where you could work from home. Now, you know, you can work from home, it's easy. But back in the days where you had to be in the office all the time, I like getting in early because no one but it. I was solely focused. Because, you know, once the day comes, you're going to get hit with all these phone calls and emails and you got you to leave what you're doing. And that's the, other, that's the thing. And when you think about when you're working on your regular entrepreneurial businesses, when you're focused on one thing at a time, you get a lot more things done. But when you're trying to do four or five things at once, you you get a lot less done, you're a lot less productive. So I think that's something that's something people in the corporate world need to understand that if you're moving, if someone's like doing three or four tasks at once, they get a lot less done. You should just have them do one task at a, at a time and they will get a lot more done. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people understand that. But one thing I want to uh, ask you about, like the second part, when you move to your second company now, you had this friend, Alan. 18 months. I know your story reminds me of Craig Cardillo's story when, when he was courting his wife. He was calling, leaving a message once a month. She said, no, no, no. And finally, after 13 months, she gave him a date and eventually they got married. So he was persistent. He didn't give up. And this friend, Alan of yours, was also the same way. And this, after the 17th time, he said, you're going to call the cops and say you're going to charge him with harassment. But one lesson we learned from Alan is follow up. Uh, so many people don't follow up. Most people don't even follow up once. Some will, may follow up once or twice, but they just give up. But with a number of people, you really need to follow up several times. And he did it for a year and a half, and he never gave up. Number one, by him following up. And that 18 call, he says, uh, just check your facts. That's all he asks you to. Please don't call the cops. Just check your facts. And because you, ch you check your facts, you're willing to do that. Your life changed, and not only did your life change, but the lives of a whole bunch of other people over the last 25 plus years have changed because right. he did not give up on you. So you should never give up on people because you just, you just never know. The time was not right, but the time was right for a year and a half. You went through a bad experience. You never wanted to work from holding it, but something must have clicked when he, when he told you to check that fax, and you were at least open-minded to do it then. And the thing is, you wonder if he had given up six months earlier, how different would your life be right now? I can't even imagine. Um, I can't even imagine where we would be. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't be married uh, um, to to Lori. I, I met her through our, our business. Um, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to live in Hawaii and to be here in Florida. And um, who knows? I, I can't even imagine, you know, um, I'm, I'm a real believer that when a door closes, the door opens. It's because another better one's going to open, right? Um, you know, I wanted, I wanted to share a thought. Um, we have a book. It's, it's a book of, of like inspirational thoughts and quotes. And, and one page, uh, Ryan Seacrest, who, who most people know, it's a, um, he's on every radio and TV station. He does everything. I don't know how one human being can do as much. Um, to, to sort of surmise what he said, he basically said, um, I never say no to a meeting because I never know where that will lead, even if it's not 
the intended purpose, it might be something down the road. So, so in other words, I might sit down and talk to somebody about my, my company or maybe a product that I think could benefit them. And whether they say yes or no, as long as I end up having a great relationship and a good meeting with them and I, and I treat them with respect, who knows if down the road that person might not go, hey, you know what? I'm thinking about selling my home. Um, you know, hey, that guy, Steve, was a good guy. And, um, you know, maybe I should give him a call and talk to him about, about my real estate situation. And so it, it's not only a philosophy that Lori and I live with, but, but it's something we teach our, our, our kids and people around us, which don't say no. Don't say no. Even when I am I'm trying to, you know, prospect somebody for my sales or whatever it is, you know, and they like the knee jerk reaction is always like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Like, you know, you go into a department store, you're looking in the, in the and I'm looking for a, a sport coat, right? I'm in the men's department and I'm looking for, you know, a jacket or whatever. And, and the salesperson comes up and your knee jerk reaction is not just looking. No, you're not just looking. I'm not there. If I was just looking, I wouldn't be in the middle of the men's department looking with my hand on the racket and pulling up a coat. Looking, I am looking for a sport coat. So um, I, 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 I like to, you know, say people look just it's okay victor to say no but just know what you're saying no to right like i always say what if i'm right what what, what if steve is actually right in what i want to share with you wouldn't it be a travesty for you to say no before you know what it is and by the way if if it really isn't for you maybe there's something in your life that just doesn't click with what i have but maybe there's somebody who we could help together, right? So, so you know, and I, I like to tell people, look, give me, give me ten minutes, just ten minutes. If if at the ten minute point we're not engaged and you're not at least interested in hearing more, we'll end. I'll I'll, I'll you know hypothetically close the book, and we'll step away at ten minutes, no matter where I'm at in our conversation. I will give you that respect. I'm just asking for the same respect up front. And if I'm right, you're going to be glad we gave us 10 minutes and more. And if I'm wrong, it was 10 minutes of our life and I'll treat you to a cup of coffee. You know, now that we can actually meet people face to face, you know, so. No, that's a really good philosophy to have. Number one, you, you, you're willing to meet with people. You're willing to interview with people because you just never know. You can plant certain seeds. Even if nothing comes with that meeting right now with an interview, you never know. Someone might be watching the interview two years from now and they say, hey, I've watched, I saw you on this interview. I love what you say. I want to talk to you about this. So tell me more about your business. You just never know what kind of seeds you're planting. But if you never get yourself on any of these meetings or interviews, you just won't have those opportunities. Like you said, I, you wonder over the course of all these decades, because people just say no before they're even willing to hear what you're trying to offer them. How many great opportunities that people miss because they have they have that closed mind and and it's just, it's sad because like you said, hear me out for a few minutes. It might be something good for you or like you said, it might be something you and I could do together. If it's not you work with me, maybe we can help someone else out. But unfortunately, right. a lot of people like that. But it's uh, and I think it's because of the way um, they they have that reticular activating system. If they're not open to opportunities, they, they can miss so many great opportunities that are presented to them, but because they think there are no opportunities, and it's incredible, but if, if they just, if they had just kept an open mind, they might've come across something that did so change. I mean, you came across something over 25 years ago that changed your life, changed lives of so many other. Plus, uh, in your first company, you know, you felt bad because you really believed in it. And unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, lost money, but you reached out to a bunch of people Three of them joined and a couple of them, I think, stayed with you. One did really well. And because they were at least willing to listen to you, their life changed because they gave you one more chance. They were open to hearing what you had to say about your new opportunity. You know, look, I've learned over the years. There, there are different personality types, right? Mm -hmm. We all know somebody who was born in a town they were raised in the town. They never really traveled outside of that, maybe their county. And then they became an adult. They bought a house in that town and they spent their entire adult life in that town. And, and they were very comfortable being where they are, right? There's people who just want to stay in their cocoon, in their comfort zone. And by that, and there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to know your personality. 
right? And then there's other people that are, you know, adventurous. They, 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 we were just watching, um, uh, I think it's called Luca, um, the, the new Disney film. Um, I, I want to say it's called Luca. Um, and, and it just came out. We just watched it. And it's, it's about this little, he's a fish. I don't want to give the whole story away, right? But he finds a way to get out of the water and become a little boy and has all these experiences. And all the other sea creatures are like, you can't go above the surface. Don't go above the surface. It's dangerous. This is bad. That's bad. But they never went above the surface, right? And so there's a perfect example in cartoon form, right, of Luca wanted to get out. And the minute he got out above the surface and saw this incredible world, which in this, this case took place in Italy, right? And all of these things, and he met other kids and he became a little boy and, and his whole life changed. And not only that, at the end of the story, I don't want to give the whole thing away, but it turns out that one other family member had been to the surface and that was the family member who encouraged him to kind of follow his dreams. And then I don't want to give it away, but, but it all kind of ties up into a, a very tidy bow, which is, you know, maybe there is something out there at least explore cautious okay trust but verify right give it a shot but be open and if it doesn't work and and i'm not just talking about direct selling or anything else it could be moving to another state our friends told us we were crazy you're moving to hawaii from connecticut or florida back at that time and it's so far away and you're not going to like it it's going to be on an island and you're going to be and all these things and we had the most incredible experience we've ever had in our lives. I'm, I'm glad we're back on the mainland, right? But we actually spent three months living off the grid. I mean, like if you've seen those off the grid shows, that was us for three months. Nothing I want to do again. But it was a great experience to be able to say that my wife who grew up in New York City and I grew up in the suburbs of New York, um, that, that two New Yorkers decided to go out into the middle of like, the rainforest of Maui and, 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 and go off the grid. It was, it was an incredible experience. And we would look at each other and say, you know, a lot of our friends probably would never have even made the trip to Maui and survived more than a couple of weeks because they love the comforts of being able to have 24 hour drive through 24 hour grocery stores, this, that right. Amazon prime to Maui is like five days because it's still, you can't get there from here. It's still got to go on a boat or a plane or whatever. And, and, and that's okay for them. But for us, you know, they would say, how did you do it? And we would say it was the greatest experience and we loved it. And, um, you know, we sit in bed at night and we dream about all these incredible things and where are we going to go next? And what do we want to do next? And, and it's just, it's, we just, we used to say we need to be 250 years old and healthy because we have so many things we want to do and, um, and we want to do together. So, um, you know, it's just personality types, I guess. I just feel very blessed that I am a partner in my life with, with somebody who has the same goals and dreams and passions and, and drive that I do. And yet, um, you know, the great thing is that we don't do the same things well, right? I, I'm the hunter-gatherer. I'm sales. She's marketing. I I hunt and gather, and then she, you know, she prepares and nurtures. So it's a great combination because all the things that Lori does really, really well, not only do I not do well, I don't want to do. And all the things that I do really well, she doesn't do well and doesn't want to do it. And so we have learned to divide and conquer. We have an attitude in our life and our business that says best and highest use, right? So we look at a project and we go, okay. Um, now we don't have to even discuss it. We know who does what part. Um, but, but even in real estate, right? If we're buying and flipping and renovating a home, um, I may be the one who's out looking for the properties and saying, I think this is a winner, right? And she'll walk in and go, I don't even want to open that door. It's disgusting. It's like some of those TV shows. And then when the renovation is done and she comes in, she looks at it, she's like, oh, this is going to be beautiful. Wait till I get this decorated. And she'll turn it into the presidential suite of the most beautiful hotel. I mean, it'll look just like it. And 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 I couldn't tell you green from blue, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know what looks great. All I know is by the time the renovation is done and she gets in there and, and does her job of, of decorating and designing, 
it, it sells quickly because people look at it and they can see the vision and they go, yeah, I want that. So um, if you have a partner in, in your business, in your life, um, that best and highest use is so important to not try to control the other person and, and make them think the way you do because it's actually a gift to have somebody who thinks differently than you but has the same end result and if you're on your own, you know, it's good to be open-minded to, to other people and their opinions. So. Yeah, no, there's some good stuff there. You got to avoid groupthink because you're all thinking the same way. You can miss out a lot of potential opportunities. If the opponent can have certain different viewpoints, it can make you see things at a different angle. And, you, you know, you can be, you can see more opportunities as a result. And like you said, you, you handle certain things, you focus, you have certain strengths, your wife has other strengths, you focus on one part of the business, you focus on another, and yet you got work together, you complement each other, and as a result, you're able to run a successful business. And what you were saying before about, you have to be open, you'd be cautious here, but you'd be open to, you never know what be out there, trust but verify. And what, made, what you said made me think of something that affects a lot of people in direct sales and network marketing, is a lot of, in, in, in many different industries, Everyone, so many people want to change their lives, but yet they're in a comfort zone. They, they, those same relationships, and they're comfortable, even though they're complaining about their boyfriend, girlfriend all the time, or, or their job. I know people have been in jobs 10 years. They complain about their boss all the time, yet they never look for another job. Even though they're complaining, they're comfortable because they know what to expect every single day. And I think the comfort zone, I think, is one of the biggest killers of success because when you're comfortable, you don't look for those new opportunities. You don't look for those new emergencies. When someone offers them to you, as you mentioned before, you'll say, nah, nah, I don't want to hear about it. And as a result, they close them off, close themselves off to a lot of possible opportunities that could just change their whole lives. You know, you're so right. And there could be people listening to us today and they're saying, well, okay, you know, I live in, in the rural part of the country and I don't have a lot of mentors and I don't have a business partner or a spouse who's supportive. And, you know, we're so fortunate today as a society, as, as, as a culture to have tools that allow us to, co to connect with like-minded people or people who can provide us with, with information um, that, that we are seeking. For example, you and I have never met face to face. First, it's the first time we've actually been on a on a video conference like this. Um, we met through Clubhouse, right? A new an, an app, and um, my friend Orlando and I we started a room, and then you started to come on regularly, and and you were adding great content. And we said, Hey, Victor, would you like to be a moderator? And then we added some other great people, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but certainly you know Stephen and Kelly and some of the others too, and. Um, it just took on a life of its own. But the interesting thing is that because we had this communication tool, now, if for those of you not familiar with Clubhouse, there's no video, there's no photographs, it's just talking, it's conversation, which, you know, it became really popular, I think, at the right time because of COVID, people couldn't connect. And I think there's, there's a whole world of people that are sick and tired of sound bites, right? You know, in Instagram, anybody can have a beautiful uh, filter and we can all look gorgeous, right? Everybody can put an auto tune and sound like, you know, uh, Beyonce or something. But, but on Clubhouse, it's raw. It's live. There's no recording. You can't direct message people. Um, it's, it's just there's a, it, there's a moderator who sits at a podium and, and talks about a topic. And then anybody who wants to join in the conversation basically can push a button to raise their hand. And then the moderator brings them up and it's conversation back and forth. And I believe that people are so starving for information, communication, not 160 characters, not look how pretty I am. Look where I am. I'm standing on the air, you know, at the tarmac of the airport in front of somebody else's private jet to look like I'm a billionaire. Right. Um, you know, all of that, like, we're, I'm not saying we're done with that, but if you are feeling alone, there are medium out there, podcasts and YouTube. And, and look, you, you bring great people every week. And, and I'm not saying that because I'm here. Um, I hope I didn't just lose you. There okay, you there. Go. I got a phone call. Okay, man, I'm so sorry. Um, so you bring all this content to people every week. And the great news is, you know, somebody could flip through this 
love you, look at me, go, I don't like that guy at all. And all right, that's your prerogative, right? I'm just trying to be, you know, genuine. This is who I am, right? So, um, but then next week you bring somebody else on and, and they go, oh, that person's a genius. And so if you're feeling alone or you feel like you need support in, in your business, your personal life, your growth, financial, spiritual, all of these things, it's there. You just have to be willing to seek it and, and then sift through all the garbage to find what's relatable to you. And so, um, you know, never feel alone and never feel like you're, you're, you're out there. Um, the person who brought me, Alan, who brought me to the company where I, I am right now and where I work, um, he is no longer with, with the firm and hasn't been for a long time. And, you know, that was his choice, right? So, um, for a long time, I felt like I didn't have anybody, right? The, the one person that introduced me that was supposed to be my mentor didn't exist. And um, back then, this is gonna really give my age away, um, the trainings were on cassettes. Now, for those of you who are young, cassettes are these little things that used to look about the size of a playing card and you'd stick them in your, your cassette player and it was a tape and it would play. And I could, I could tell you that I would literally, all of a sudden people want me. The phone hasn't rang and now it is. Um, I would literally take the cassette that came, I would be on a subscription to get one a month with, you know, and, and it was training from the best people in the company. And I would drive around and back then I had a newborn and I would sometimes put him in the back of the car and drive him around if he couldn't sleep or whatever. And this, this booming voice would come over the, the radio in my car and it would be like, I won't say the name of the company, but I'll just say I, I could do his voice perfectly. I would be, he'd go, welcome to blah, blah, blah. Today we're bringing, and I listened to those tapes so many times that I literally could move my mouth to every single word, right? And I got great comfort from that training because I learned a lot from people I never would have met because we couldn't do this back then, right? That's the only mode of communication I had uh, other than maybe a direct conference or, or convention or whatever. And even then it was, you know, 30 minutes and that person's off the stage. And if you, even if you took copious notes, you, you just you didn't have the opportunity to necessarily really engage and learn. And, um, you know, just today there's so much content out there. Find somebody, whether it's, it doesn't have to be somebody from the same business. Victor, you and I have zero business connections together. We have no financial gain or, or any interaction between each other. And yet we are friends and we, we, you know, we're communicating and our goal is to help other people right now. Anybody, um, if, you know, hopefully they find nugget on here. And um, if that's the case, then I feel like I've done a great job and, and I thank you for allowing me that opportunity. Oh, thank you, Sima. You gave some great wisdom right there. Like back then, you only had cassette solicits. There was very limited things you could do to learn from other people, mentors, and you listen to those cassettes day in and day out. Today, people getting started, they can listen to so many different things, MP3s, MP4s, YouTube videos, podcasts, clubhouse, which you mentioned before. I mean, there's a lot of legends on. You can go listen to Les Brown, Grant Cardone. These guys will be on clubhouse. You can listen to them live. And you hear crazy. people, it's a crazy. Six months ago, you could, you would never could imagine something like this could happen, but that's Things are changing all the time. And I guess COVID really changed a lot of things. Technology really changed. So you have a lot of opportunities right now that you didn't have when you first got started doing this. So it's incredible now. You can, you can, you can there's so many books out there. There's so much on the internet you can just listen to day in and day out. But you need to be consistent with it. And a lot of people are not because part of it is their comfort zone. But if you really want to, there's a lot of resources out there. You know, if you can't afford to go to events to meet these people or listen to them. There's a lot of free tools available. You just need to take advantage of them. And, and, and yet at some point, out. right? I think yet at some point, you know, you can also get bogged down in, in needing to know so much. You know, at some point you have to say, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about Clubhouse where they, they're almost like Clubhouse addicted um, and they're on for six, eight hours a day. And I'm thinking, well, then when are you working? You know, when are you, when are you implementing what you're learning? And that could be Facebook, it could be Instagram, it could be podcasts, it could be YouTube, it could be any of those things. You know, um, 
there has to be, in my opinion, for what that's worth, um, there has to be a line where you go, okay, today I learned about blah, and this afternoon, I'm going to go try to implement that. And let me see how I do. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to go back and watch that again or listen again and see where I could tweak my, my what did I miss in the first time? And, and I often tell people I'm training, you know, I want you to go out and try to set three appointments. And if at the end of the third conversation, not just call, but the three connections you make, if you don't set an appointment for, for whatever it is we're selling, right, then um, stop and call me back. And let me listen to what you're saying, because often it's just one or two tiny words and words mean so much. And, and people draw their own conclusions based upon um, the words that we give them, right? Whether that conclusion is correct or incorrect doesn't matter because perception is reality when you're the person hearing. So if I'm talking to you and I say something that triggers an emotion or response, that's a negative emotion or response, in you, and it might be something that, that for the general public um, is triggers the similar response, then let's change that wording a little bit and say something different that either triggers a positive emotion or doesn't trigger any emotion. And it just lets your door remain open for me to continue to walk down the hallway and eventually set that appointment with you. No, then, then I totally agree with you on that. There's a big difference between theory and practice. And I agree, sometimes there's some people you're in clubhouse four hours a day, but you're not implementing any of the things you're learning. Are you, you're probably just wasting your time because the best way to learn is to practice. So like I said, it's real estate. You're trying to create appointments or network marketing. You're messaging people, trying to talk to them about the business because that's how you learn. You're going to make mistakes along the way. But like you said, you need to tweak a thing or two here. And that's why it's important to talk to your mentor, your sponsor about these things. But you need to get out there and start talking to people. That's the only way you're going to practice and get better. You're going to make some mistakes, but you make tweaks along the way. So, but if you never go out there and practice, nothing's going to change. So you can learn all the things you can have, what we call shelf esteem, reading all these books and watch all these videos. But That's if good. you're not implementing them, you, you could say you're probably wasting your time. You need to go. That's the best way to learn is to just go out and take action. on Well, you know, um, you, you mentioned you mentioned real estate, you mentioned network marketing, but the reality is that that everything we do in life is is sales, right? Um, and, and you're like, well, no, what does that mean? It, you know, we're we're constantly selling ourselves, whether we feel like it, we are or not, whether we're trying or not, whether it's a relationship or or anything else we do, all of life is sales, and and so um, all of these things help us in in our entire life not just our business life whether it's our social life our personal life or any anything else that we do we're, we're always selling um and, and i don't you know some people are like oh sales i don't like sales or you remember peewee Herman who used to say salesman oh salesman he slammed the door right um it's, a lot of you are like who's peewee Herman?" but but you youtube it um and and um my point is, yeah, you know, people have a sometimes a bad, bad taste in their mouth for salespeople. But at the end of the day, you know, the world wouldn't be where it is. We, we, we have to sell. Um, the world would, would stop spinning, basically, if there weren't people selling. And, and I think that the perception of salespeople, whether it's network marketing or real estate or insurance or software or anything, right, is, is um, that there are professionals and there are people who aren't professional and unfortunately the negative always outweighs the positive in anything that we do right so um you could have one bad experience with with a salesperson and that would tarnish your ability to really be open-minded to listening to 10 more people in that same industry because you think everybody's not but it's not it's not the profession it's it's the person delivering the message and so hopefully you know, everybody sharpens their saw a little bit and realizes that, you know, we're all we're all selling and we're all buying, and um, it's 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 a great it's a noble profession. It's a wonderful profession. I love what I do. Um, I I love. I I feel like I'm in the happiness business because um, when I bring people 
products and services from one company that they enjoy and get benefit from, I think, wow, I changed that person's life. And when I help somebody buy or sell a home, uh, there's nothing better to me. And we have Airbnb that's a five-star Airbnb here at Steps from the Beach here in Florida and Delray Beach, Florida. And when we read the reviews and we get the letters, and I can't even tell you that it, it, it's, it makes us feel so great that we could provide something that made somebody happy, whether it's for a couple of nights or a week with their family, or, or it's a lifetime in the home of their dreams. And um, I never feel like I'm selling somebody something. I'm, I'm helping them find something that's going to deliver them value and enjoyment and peace and tranquility and, and happiness, hopefully for the rest of their life or at least the portion of their life where they are, you know, in that property. So, um, you know, I think, and I think if you have that attitude and that real belief that you're not trying to convince some, I'm not trying to convince Victor to do something. I can't make you do something you don't want. The days of, hey, Victor, do you want an appointment? What's better for you, Tuesday or Thursday? Like, people are too smart. Like, that, that doesn't work anymore. It has to be built on genuine relationship. It has to be built on the foundation that Victor and Steve have a trust amongst each other. And, and then I'm willing to listen. And Victor says, hey, listen, you know what, Steve? Um, I know that I've noticed on Facebook or Instagram that you've been, you bought a rowing machine and I guess you try to, you know, get back, get the shape. I know you play ice hockey, right? Both of those are true. And so, you know, you might say, how's it going? Are you trying to get in shape, stay in shape? I'm like, you know what, Victor, after COVID, I gained about 15 pounds and I'm trying to lose them. Now, if Victor, who I like and trust says to me, listen, I'm not here to sell you anything, but I started taking a product that um, helped me lose about 20 pounds over 90 days, I, I had to exercise. I changed my diet a little bit, but this just kind of took the edge off of my eating. And, um, you know, yeah, I sell this product. And, and the truth is I'm going to make a couple bucks, but if I could help you lose those 15, 20 pounds, um, you know, would, you know, would, could I share what I'm doing with you and understanding that, look, here's the truth. Whether I go to CVS or Walmart or Amazon and buy a product to help me lose weight or Victor, somebody made money. So what's the difference? I'd rather help a friend. And if he genuinely tells me and, he's, and I'm like looking at his Instagrams, right? And I'm like, dude, you're looking ripped, right? And you eat all those ice cream cones, right? And every time I see you, you're sitting at a restaurant and you're having pasta and this and that. And yet you look amazing. I said to you on the phone the other day, how do you not you know, weigh 400 pounds? Because every time I see you on Instagram, you've got something not only delicious, but it's not low calorie. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that is how top salespeople become top salespeople, whether it's, it's network marketing, whether it's insurance, whether it's software, whether it's real estate, it's about developing trust and relationships um, and, uh, and never, never burning a bridge. If you don't sell something to someone, don't go like, oh, I'm never talking to them again. They're my friend and they didn't buy my whatever product. They just weren't ready or they didn't have enough information. Just lay low and, and they'll be there. They'll be there next week. They'll be there next month. But not if you tick them off and you, and you make them feel bad for not being your customer. You know, wrong place, wrong time. You can't, you can't say the right thing to the wrong person. And you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Absolutely. A lot of times it's just timing. And I think some people do, unfortunately, do what you say they should not do. It's all about trust and leadership. If someone's unwilling to buy for you or join your business, don't get angry. Be gracious because things can change six months, a year, two years. It happens all the time. But if you're not gracious, then uh, they're never going to buy for you. They're never going to want to work with you. So you got to be gracious. Like you said, this is all about relation. No matter what business, like you said, whether it's real estate, insurance, Network marketing, direct sales, whatever. If you have to have that trust and relationship, like you said, if if I see you have some great products and I have a great relationship with you, I trust you. I'd rather go to you than go to Amazon or eBay and buy that product. I say this guy's my friend. I'd rather give him the business. That's right. where a lot of people are. You know, everyone wants to help their friends out, but you you got to have that trust and relationship with you. They got to like you. They got to have the certainty that you're going to take care of it. Once you could do that, no matter what business you're in, that will just change everything. And get it back to what you were saying. We all do sales. The best, any parent knows this, the best salespeople are children. 
<laughs> kids can get pretty much anything for their parents. They don't give up. They keep asking. And, they, and, and parents very often give in to the kids. But we do it all the time. We'll, we'll do it with our friends. We'll, we'll sell them on the fact we should go to this restaurant. We should go watch this movie. You ask your wife to marry. You're selling on the, on the, the song that it's a great idea for her to get married to you and live with you. You do it all the time. You just don't realize you're doing sales in almost everything you do. It's persuasion. Some people, I, I'm telling you on this, that it's a good idea that we do this. And people, you've been doing it all your life. You just never thought of it that way. You just think it's sales. It's just selling this person one thing. But you're selling people on a whole bunch of things throughout your life. You've been doing it right. since, since the time you were litigated. You think of it that way. Like you said, it's a noble friendship. Things don't move. Everything moves around the world. All products, all services, they all move because of sales. There was no sales to be with no economy right now. That's right. That's and, right. No, and a lot of people are And like yourself, because of a few bad apples, people get a wrong, a bad impression about a certain company. Look, unfortunately, the people that will talk the most, and not the people who have great experience. Like if you go to a Yelp review at a restaurant, usually the people that go on are the people that had that one bad experience. Even though the food is great, the service is great. The people who love that restaurant usually they'll go on Yelp and write. Some will, but usually the ones that go on is that one person that backs it because he thought the waiter was rude and. So people, when someone's angry about something, that's when they go on Facebook, on Instagram, on Yelp, and complain about it. The people that are usually happy are usually not the ones to make their messages hurt. But what do we see when we do a Google review on a company? We see the one or two people that were really angry, and then we say, well, I probably don't trust this company. But there are probably hundreds of people who had a great experience with this company, but they usually don't go on and write about it. So unfortunately, uh, you got to realize, a few bad apples should not ruin everything but unfortunately some people do let it ruin it because they don't realize there are a lot of people that have a great experience with these companies well that's why i think it's also important for all of us as consumers who are happy with an experience we should provide positive reviews i i know it's a, a bit of a pain to take five minutes out of our day for everything that we do but when i have a good experience um what did i just do oh, oh i just bought a car hello um i just bought a new car and in fact, we bought one, two new cars. And the company, the salesperson that I purchased my car from, and it was really, I mean, it was an easy sell. I knew what I wanted. I've been waiting for it to come on, become available. And I just basically waited for which dealership had it um, because it was backlogged. And um, I just drove down there and in 15 minutes, I just said to the guy, you know, I, I want it, right? And, um, this morning he sent me a link and he said, would you mind taking five minutes to give us, you know, a review if, you know, especially because if you're happy or whatever, and, and I will, right. Because I also remember the Airbnb I was telling you about, we have a hundred percent five-star reviews, a hundred percent on everything, right. It is absolutely imperative that, that, um, you know, people live and die by reviews. When, when you when you have a product like an Airbnb and people are considering, especially during COVID, they, they want to know, is it really clean? Is it, does it look like the pictures? And when they see review after review, places immaculate, you could eat off the floor. I, I never let my kids wear bare feet in our own house. And I let them run around bare feet in this house. Um, Lori and Steve were the gracious hosts. Anything we needed, they were there in 10 minutes. Um, that kind of thing. When the pictures are exactly what the house looks like. It, do not hesitate to, to rent this home, right? It allows us to not only be occupied almost 100% of the time, but to charge a premium rate, but it allows our guests to feel really safe. And I know because Airbnb and VRBO, they show us with the other properties that people were looking at. It says your guests also looked at blah. And some of those properties um, were $100, $200 a night less than ours. And, and the guests chose our property when they could have been just as close to the beach in another home because of those reviews. And, and, you know, I'm very upfront with our guests in the very beginning. I say to them, look, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that you probably chose us because of the reviews. Reviews are extremely important to us. If there is anything out of place in our home, if something breaks, if something, anything, please call me, text me. I don't care if it's three in the morning, we live 10 minutes away and we will make it right, right? And, and I just say, look, you know, at the end, I want you to tell the truth, but if you had a great experience, please take five minutes to leave a review because your review to somebody else will give them the experience that you had because you read somebody else's review. Um, I know that just went off way out of tangent, sorry. 
but um, you know, it's important that we take the time to to not only lead the negatives, but but I think you're right. There's probably ten to one positives that never do anything, and and those positive reviews, whether it's for your network marketing company and insurance, anything you sell, anything you do, a restaurant, everybody's business lives and dies on reviews today, and it's so easy for the one person who had a bad experience, and sometimes those people have bad experiences everywhere because maybe they're not really the nicest people. I'm not saying always. I mean, believe we've had some bad experiences at places and we've left tough reviews. Um, but but at the same time, we've left hundreds probably of positive reviews over our lifetime detailing, you know, everything uh, that, that, and by mentioning names, you know, that's another thing. When we leave reviews, we like to mention names. If we have a salesperson, a waiter, whatever, we like to mention the name because it obviously makes it much more genuine and real and and it shows that that we really you know had that positive experience. Um, I think my wife is about to walk in the front door, and my dog might bark, so I apologize if it, if she does. Um, anyway, little sidebar. Okay, well, no, I agree. It's you should leave reviews for whatever you like, whether it's a salesperson, a company, a restaurant, because like you said, it, uh, it it it'll help them stay in business longer. So I'm glad to write reviews. You know, I. I You'll see Amazon eBay. They'll send you an email saying, hey, what did you think about this product? If you like the product, you should leave a good review. I've done testimonials with friends of us on products. You know, they, or I went to one of their events and say, hey, do you want to do a testimonial? I said, I'd be glad to do a testimonial for you because I know it would help their business. Because I've had things, I've had events, products, I've had people ask people, do you do a testimonial for me? They said, sure. So I appreciate that they did it for me. So I'm more than glad to do it for other people because I know how important it is to keep your business wide open. It, it, and I just feel it comes back to you. I think the more you just help people, write reviews, help them out. It always seems like the more you try to help people, the more it comes back to you, to right. uh, people coming up. So I really think it really works in the end. It's like what Zig Ziglar said. You, you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want in the end. So I think that's a great way to end this. And, you know, I thank you so much, Steve, for being on. You shared a thank lot of you. great wisdom and vibe. This has been a really fun time, a really great interview. And it's always, it's really fun actually seeing you in person. So we've been speaking on this app for such a long time. So it's really great seeing you live in person. So I really had a great time. And so I say, number one, thank you for being here today. It's really fun. And Victor, thank you for providing a platform for, for lots of people. You're, you're an amazing entrepreneur. You're an amazing leader. I feel so fortunate that, that our lives cross paths through such a crazy thing as, as Clubhouse. And um, I know that we're going to be friends for for years and years and years to come, and we're going to learn from each other. And and just thank you. I'm thanking you for all the people that get to watch this content, whether it's mine or somebody else's in the future or an older podcast. Um, you're you're a great leader, a great friend, and and I'm honored to to be able to be part of this today. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the kind words, Steve. And before we let you go, if people want to contact you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, well, they could reach me. Uh, they can go to my website, which is steve at whitesandrealestatesolutions.com or email me at steve.gordon at exprealty.com. Um, that's the easiest way. And, and um I would be honored to, to connect with anybody if they have a question, a comment, a thought. Um, I'm also at uh, Team Gordon, and I got to look really fast to see if on Instagram if there's a hashtag or not. Um, you might know that better than I do. I don't know myself. Um, but um, I, think it, I think it's Team.Gordon on Instagram. And if I'm wrong, you'll, maybe you can put it in the bio, or I'll put it underneath. Um, but that's a good way to connect with myself and Lori. And uh, did I do that right? I saw you looking down for a split second. I couldn't find. Right. I'll have to look. Yeah, you know, I can always put it down later underneath. Okay. Anyway, but but the other two are definitely right, and um, I should be using my Instagram more. But anyway, I just want to say, you know, have a blessed day, great day. I thank you so much for allowing me this platform and um, having the trust and faith in me to to be part of your creation. Oh, you're welcome, Steve. Again, thanks for being on. It was really a great pleasure having you on. I had a great time talking to you. And uh, it was just great listening to all your wisdom. You have 30 years of this awesome experience. And I know the people listening here learned a lot from you. So it was just a really, really great time having you here. And uh, 
I hope you Thank and Lori you. have an incredible day. Take Thank care, you. my friend. God bless. Thank you so much. It was nice talking with you, Victor. Have a wonderful day. And uh, we'll be in touch. But thanks for letting me share with your right. audience. Sounds good. We'll definitely be in touch. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye for now. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.